This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Thursday the 5th of March. Some interesting news, Justin. ScoMo has spoken with supermarket Mm. bosses and he has ensured that shelves will remain stocked despite the coronavirus. panic buying. Well, I went today and there was nothing in the supermarket. Couldn't even see spaghetti today. Very exciting. We are in a new premises for our recording today. We are. It's very exciting. In my bedroom. Justin's bedroom. I'm a big dark mode guy. I don't know about you. I do love dark mode on the phone you're talking about. Yep. But the biggest bugbear for me has Tell been me. WhatsApp is still bright in the middle of the night. Tell me the good, good news. news is WhatsApp is coming to dark mode. Amazing. For our first story today, it looks like Spotlight, the retail company known for selling everything from quilts mm-hmm. to string yep. to retail malls, <laughs> will buy the failed department store Harris Scarf. So what happened here? Harris Scarf, which is 170 years old, old and an Australian company, was placed into voluntary administration in December. And that means that Harris scarf was in a position that it just couldn't pay its mm-hmm. debts, therefore is placed in the hands of an independent mm-hmm. person who can assess That's all right. options. And as a result that independent party, which is Deloitte mm-hmm. in this case, has been looking for someone to buy the company. Enter the Fabric Royalty of Australia, <laughs> Spotlight. And this makes sense. Harris scarf is a natural fit for Spotlight. And in great news, if the deal goes through, the jobs of 1300 Harris scarf mm-hmm. staff, oh that was a tough one, will be actually saved. And that's awesome. 44 Harris scarf stores will live to fight another day. And more importantly, Brett, the hankies that Harris Scarf sell will still be on the market. <laughs> yes, this is true. Justin loves hankies. Mm-hmm. And true story, Harris Scarf actually has a category on their website for hankies. You really get a sense for their target market with that. <laughs> now, the whole shebang is expected to be finalized in April. So what's the key learning here? When a company goes down, generally only that company gets talked about. But what isn't said is how all of its other stakeholders are also impacted. Harris Scarf has a long list of suppliers that include Design Works, mm-hmm. Linen House, yep. Remington, yep. and many more. And with Harris Scarf surviving, landlords like Stockland and vicinity also get to retain them as a tenant. It's in the interest of all stakeholders to help a company stay on its feet when it's battling to stay alive. For our second story, now listen up, members of the Flux family who have a sweet I'm listening. tooth. Lint, the Swiss chocolate maker, has increased profits by 5% despite most of its competitors experiencing a hard time at the moment. Let's be real, chocolate makers are experiencing super slow growth. That's the case for a couple of reasons. One, the chockey market is totally overcrowded. That's true. You've got Mondelez, who makes Cadbury Dairy Milk Blocks. You've got Ferreros. Ferrero Share and Kinder Surprise. And obviously Willy Wonka. <laughs> makes a mean Wonka bar. <laughs> and consumers have been choosing healthier options over chockey in recent years. So what's the reason Lint has been able to buck the anti-chockey trend? The answer, my friend, mm-hmm. is upmarket branding. Mm. Lint's chocolates don't cost much more to produce compared to other brands. Right. But it's focused on positioning itself as a premium chocolate with a higher price point. And speaking of prices, we can expect Lint prices to go up even more over the coming months and years. Why is that? Well, Lint has warned that the cost of growing cocoa in West Africa has increased and this will give many chocolate makers little choice but to raise prices. So what's the key learning here? Chocolate is made from cocoa and 60% of the world's supply comes from two African countries, Ivory Coast and Ghana. But these two countries have been lifting prices since October to raise the pay of important farmers, which is which good. brings us back to Lint, which gets up to 80% of its cocoa from Ghana. And changing suppliers and recipes would be a disaster mm-hmm. for disaster. Lint. That Lint ball is perfect as it is. Please don't change <laughs> ever. Exactly. And these arrangements have been in place for decades. And these higher cocoa prices 
could mean chocolate makers start to use cocoa alternatives. Interesting. Which is not what we want, I don't think. No, it's not at all. On to our third and final story. SoftBank, the world's largest investor in tech startups, has held a pre-IPO event Mm. for the companies it's invested in. So who is SoftBank again? SoftBank is a Japanese company that's invested in some of the biggest names in tech. A number of the companies that SoftBank has invested in ended up having IPOs that have ultimately turned unsuccessful. I'm talking Uber. Everyone's least favorite, but most relied upon app. I'm talking Slack. MSN Messenger for work. So SoftBank is super keen to make sure this doesn't happen again with some of its remaining companies. I'm talking ByteDance, aka TikTok. Karaoke in a nap. And I'm talking DoorDash, aka Uber Eats arch nemesis, despite investing in both of them. <laughs> SoftBank is under plenty of pressure because several of its investments have been disasters. Most recently, WeWork, which attempted to IPO last year, but ended up being the most high-profile disaster mm-hmm. the earth has ever disaster. seen. So what's the key learning here? Gone are the days, i.e. last year, when investors were only focused on growth at all costs. Literally at all costs. Many of the companies owned by SoftBank have been so focused on acquiring new customers that they almost forgot that they need to create profitable companies. And this was the way that SoftBank liked it. Growth, growth, growth. And SoftBank would continue just injecting more and more money into mm. their companies to basically overwhelm competitors and ensure dominance in their market. But after the failed WeWork IPO last year, it seems as though many of the startups and venture capital community have come back down to earth. Crashing back down. And mm-hmm. SoftBank's pre-IPO summit is clear recognition that they need to do something different to regain confidence from both startups and their own investors. Yep. For any members of the Flux family who are listening for the first time, welcome. It's great to have you on board. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.